This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Rabotai, welcome to another Wednesday night shiur. Tonight we are discussing a major, major lesson in life. Now everybody knows why did the students of Rabbi Akiva pass away? What's the answer? Lo nahagu kavod That's what it speaks. That's what the Gemara says. Lo nahagu kavod Everybody knows that. Now, this week's parasha, which is Emor, I'd like to start off, first of all, start speaking about the laws of a Kohen. How a Kohen, who is a Kohen allowed to marry? And it goes on to say, who is a Kohen Gadol allowed to marry? And he goes on to say, right? A Kohen Gadol, uh, a Kohen cannot marry a divorced lady, a Kohen, uh, uh, but he could marry a widow. A, uh, a Kohen Gadol can't even uh, marry a widow. This is all the laws of Kohen. Now it goes on to speak about, it also speaks about the what? The laws of Tum'ah. What's the laws of Tum'ah? That a Kohen, we know even nowadays, that a Kohen cannot be Tamelamet. He cannot be Tamelamet. That means if there's ever a funeral, if you realize they, the Kohanim, they have like a special section. They stand outside on the, on the edge, a thing like that. Why? Because there's something called Ohel. And all Tumat Ohel is when the Met, when the body, the dead body is inside, right? It all encompasses everywhere, and everything becomes tamet. met could be transferred, and therefore we tell the kohen, "Excuse me, make sure you stay outside." Um, um, another thing, even by the tumah is so strong that I remember one time I was driving a kohen. I was driving a kohen a few times. I drove many, many kohen, but one specific time I remember it was in the summer. He asked me for a ride. Where are we going? We're going to Jersey, from New York to New Jersey. And uh, I was driving past um, the Bay Parkway area, that, w- that area. I don't know if you know, there's like a cemetery on the thing. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I don't know, for some reason. Like, oh, I was like, whoa, what's going on? He's like, listen, sometimes over here, could you take the further out lane than the earlier lane? I was like, what, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? What's, what's up? He tells me there's a, there's a tree that goes towards the cemetery and it overlays in the lane of the of the, the last lane, the closest lane to it. So when it happens like that, what goes on is the the Tum'ah transfers from the cemetery like Ohel and it can come through here. I'm a Kohen, I can't take the chance. Please go to the furthest lane that you can. Okay? Because they're very makbid. It's the same thing with um, uh, with anything, with anything. Like, uh, however, there's an exception to the rule. What's the exception to the rule? The seven closest relatives. Seven closest relatives. He's allowed to become tameh. He could go to the funeral. He could go. All he's allowed to become tameh. In in that sense, until they uh, that day of the burial and this. What what is the what is the exception? If his, if his seven closest seven relatives, who is the person's closest seven relatives? His father, mother, son, daughter, brother, wife, unmarried sister. 
Those are the seven relatives that are the most closest. So if the day, Hasid Shalom, if a Kohen's seven closest relatives passed away, that day they have the rights to, um, um, to uh, what's it called? Bitamela for Met for that situation. That day they're allowed to go ahead and they're allowed to actually go and, um, uh, go and bury, bury the, the closest relatives. There's another exception. And that is something called Met Mitzvah. What's Met Mitzvah? What's Met Mitzvah? Met Mitzvah means where there was a dead guy. There was a dead guy in the middle of the road or something like that. That deserted place where there's nobody around, nobody there at all. We don't know what's going on. And he can't find anybody else to bury this dead man. Right? It's called a Met Mitzvah. He's screaming, hello, anybody around? Somebody's got to bury this guy. I need somebody to bury him. Nobody answers. The Lacha says that he's allowed to go bury the dead. He's allowed to go bury the dead. Why? Nobody else is there to bury him. It's called Met Mitzvah. Now, Kohen Gadol is a higher level of Kedushah. Not only what his halacha says, not only he can't be tamed amet, he can't bury anybody, but not only that he can't bury anybody, even his seven closest relatives, if they die, he cannot go bury them. Who is, he cannot go bury them. Imagine Kohen Gadol, his closest relative passed away, he cannot go bury them. Except one exception. What's the exception? Met mitzvah. Now again, what's met mitzvah? Met mitzvah is where there is only one, nobody else can bury the dead, he's the only person that can bury the dead, and he goes ahead, he says, anybody here? He's hollering, anybody here? Anybody here? Nobody's there. Even a Kohen Gadol, where his Kedushah is very, very massive, where we know how he has even extra Begadim that the regular Kohen doesn't have, and he goes into Kodashim and Kohen Gadol. There's only one exception, and that if it's a Met Mitzvah. Nobody else is burying him, he's allowed to bury now, I was a little like, what's going on? Med mitzvah, you're, you're allowed? Like, hello, what, what, why? What, what, what's this uniqueness of met mitzvah? Everybody has a question. Everybody understand what met mitzvah is? That's a deserted person, fellow on the road, nobody knows where he is, this, that, that, completely oblivious to the world, what's going to be? So to answer this question, I'm going to tell you, about four cases right now. It says in the halacha, if a person goes ahead, heaven forbid, back in the day when they had bed din, there was something called sekilah, they still called sekilah, said if I had the Gemara does say that nowadays we still have it. Hashem will make, let's say the guy is supposed to have sekilah. What's sekilah? Stoning, right? Right? Hashem will make it that one time, whatever it is, it's not, oh, it trips, he falls on a, on a on the floor stone, boom, it's his head. You know what I'm saying? Hanek. Or a guy's, uh, a guy's going, uh, who knows what, uh, he's going on a boat, or he's going jet ski, he falls off the jet ski, he drowns, he got strangulated through the, through the water. But at the end of the day, there's uh, such a, a thing towards that. So, back in the day, they had something called Hanek. What's Hanek? When there's strangulation, right? Imagine a person is being hung. All of a sudden being hung. He did avera. Must be he did avera. If he did avera, we hang the guy. Right? Certain averot gets 
uh, strangulations, right? That um, um, Eshidish is one of them for, for the girl, right? Eshidish, right? Married, uh, if a person uh, does immoral acts with a... Right? All these cases is applicable towards that. So, Halakha says, once you hang the person, the second the strangulation is over, meaning the second the person is already fully strangulated, let's say he died, we have no rights to leave him hanging. You must pull him down and bury him. Imagine... What, what do you mean? What? The guy, literally, he did Avera. He deserves strangulation. Yeah, but once the strangulation's over, stops right there, you don't have to do that. Stops right there, you don't have to do that. That's what it says. Good? The question is, why? Let, let, him, let, let him be hung a little bit more. I'm going to give you one answer to all these questions. One second, I have another question on that. There's another, there was another halacha, there's another deen, that says... That heaven forbid, it's, it's brought down, that heaven forbid if a, if a person did Avera with an animal. Allah says, we kill the person and we kill the animal. The question is, what did the animal do? The animal didn't do, what did he do? So why are we killing the animal? It doesn't matter, but why? So the answer is, is very simple, is because we don't want people after the guy is dead, oh, by the way, that animal right there, you see that? That donkey right there? Oh, that donkey was with that guy. Hey! It's disgusting. We don't want to do that. So in order to save the dignity of the man who died, to give him the, 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 the not to disrespect him anymore, we say, by the way, kill that animal. We don't want any, any, anybody saying anything about that person who passed away, what he did with that animal. Kill that animal. Imagine, where we, we, this guy did a disgusting act. If, if it was you, maybe you'd say, let him be embarrassed. Let him be embarrassed, this guy. Disgusting act like that. Look, put, the, put, put the animal in the museum and tell him this is the animal. That is not case. No. Halakha says, not like that. We kill the animal. Why? To save the dignity of this man. It's the same thing with the hanging. Once he finished hanging, we have to pull away this man. Why? Because to save the dignity of the human being. The Torah cares and, 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 and goes out of its way to respect Every person in essence. Every person. And you see it clearly over here. Take Balaam Arasha. You ever hear Balaam Arasha? Everybody knows Balaam. He was going to curse out the Jews. To kill them. What happens? On the way, his donkey, there's fighting with his donkey. And his donkey speaks. And guess what? After the whole situation, he listened to the donkey, whatever. It said we have to kill the donkey after. Why are you killing the donkey after? Balaam's donkey, why? You know what Balaam's donkey was? Balaam's donkey was created, Erev Shabbat Ben Hashem Why are you killing that? The first in the greeting creation. So why are you killing that animal? What, what, are, what are you doing? Why? To save the dignity of Balaam Arasha, not to everybody say, oh, this is the donkey that had to tell Balaam what to do. To save his dignity. It's an amazing thing that, that the Torah goes out of its way again and again, again and again, and again and again. To show you the kavod, to show you how important it is to respect another human being. Because another human being has something called Salem and Elkim. He has the image of God in him. And therefore, if he has the image of God in him, you cannot just disrespect a human being. It says, a guy has Torah, mitzvot, everything. 
כל הרבים פני חברו ברבים, כאילו שופק דמים, אצל זה אין לו חלק במבוא. תעזוב חלק במבוא, what? You embarrass the guy, the guy is צדיק. You yourself is the biggest צדיק. You've been giving shiurim, you've been coming to shiurim, you've been praying, feeling, everything like that. You go ahead, you embarrass somebody in public, it's a very big thing. Why? What's the, what's the, what's the thing? At the end of the day, of course, you, you kill the guy, his blood pressure went up, whatever it may be. But also, you, you, the dignity of that human being. The dignity. Even go look at Yehuda and Tamar. You know the whole incident of Yehuda and Tamar? Everybody knows. Yehuda had, had three boys. Of Er Onan. Er Onan passed away. So Tamar was their wife. And Nalachad dictated that what? That Tamar does the Yubum with the, the, the brother. Right? And the brother didn't want to impregnate her and he wasted seed. So wasted seed was a penalty of death. And because he wasted seed and he didn't die, he had to, he had to die. That was the first and the second. Now comes the third son, Yehuda says, listen, uh, he's scared now. So they're not giving my third son, who knows what's going to be. So there was a whole situation with Yehuda, and she was dressed up, and not like, it didn't look like it was his, uh, it didn't look like it was his daughter-in-law, he, she dressed up, and, 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 and one time Yehuda met her, and something happened, and they found out that really what, that she was pregnant. But she was pregnant, it was Tamar, and they went to tell Yehuda, by the way, your daughter-in-law is pregnant. Your daughter-in-law is pregnant. So now, what's Yehuda's reaction? She's not allowed to do that. She's supposed to go to the third brother. Kill her! Kill her! She was going to go be killed! As they're going to get pulled, to get killed, she says, wait, don't, don't kill me just yet. You see these items? I took a collateral on these items before I did anything. So what does these belong to? That's the one who, uh, who impregnated me. So you can do whatever you like. But go just show this to Yehuda. Now Yehuda saw it. He realized that it was him. He said, Sadkami Mani, don't kill her. Everything is kosher. It's all good. Now, meaning to say what? She was going to die. Tamar was literally going to die. She was going to die. She could have said, it's not me. It was Yehuda. It's Yehuda. She didn't want to embarrass Yehuda. So to save his embarrassment, she said she's ready to die. But just one thing. If he admits on his own, great. If not, not. It was the craziest thing. The Gemara says that, that, that she was ready to die because to, to save the dignity of a human being. To save the dignity of a human being because a human being, a, a, a person is Salem a person has to show kavod, uh, zelazeh. Of course, uh, we're, not, uh, we're not, of course, let me specify. Yehuda and Tamar, we know Mashiach came out of that. I'm not going into all these things right now. I'm not going into that. But I'm just showing you a point. And we're not on the level of Yehuda and it was all kavanot and it was all... Uh, 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 Things that was going on over there, it was Lashem Shamaim 100%. We're not, we're, not, we're not going into that topic right now. But one thing we're trying to show you is that she even looked on, on Tamar's grain and she's like, wait, wait, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't do it. I know for my own kids, I know for my own kids, they'd rather, let's say for example, they'd rather get punished severely than be embarrassed. 
they rather get punished severely than be embarrassed. That means, let's say, for example, uh, uh, something happened. They, they, they did something very, very wrong. So I say, okay, I'm, I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to do that. So that, give us any punishment, but just don't embarrass us. Our friends are nearby, you know, maybe you're going to scream loud, and you're going to scream at me, and this, and that. Just don't scream at me that. You know, don't scream loud like that. Why? They'd rather get a harsher punishment than embarrassment in public, because it's, 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 it's a dignified manner. It's, a, it's, it's something that, 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 uh... In any case, we see honoring another human being is extremely important. There was a rabbi, Rabbi Hanan. It says by Rabbi Hanan that he was the one who would always learn. He wouldn't. A lot of rabbis in the Gemara, they, they would. Every all the rabbis were always learning twenty four seven. Every time, every step they're walking, right? They didn't walk four steps without thinking and learning. So he says Rabbi Hanan did not walk, did not even move like four steps. You know, he says there was no person that was able to say hello to him before he said hello to them. Meaning to say, he was such on a level of uh, uh, saying hello, that meaning he wanted to show the dignity of every human being, and therefore he made sure that what? Nobody's going to say hello before I say hello to them first. He gave them the right honor. And therefore, I want to bring out the point, same thing over here. The honor of a human being is so important the Torah teaches us that it's a met mitzvah. What are you going to do? There's nobody else to bury this guy. Where's the respect and dignity that you have for a neshama, for a human being that's dead and, 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 and has uh, no one to bury? So therefore, Torah gives you the heter in this situation for the Kohen, at the dignity of the human being, at the kavod for the human being, what? Go ahead and go bury the person. This is a lesson in life that we have to understand about kavod about honor. How a person always, they're going to bring down, they bring down, one of the they're going to ask you in Shemayim after 120, did you king your friend? Did you treat him so well that he was a king? Did you, did you give him that right honor? It's brought down Abraham Lavinu. One of the things that he would do is he would make sure when somebody came over to eat, he wouldn't just give him eat and drink. He gave him the honor to walk him out after. You know, somebody comes over to you for Shabbat sitting down, having a meal, this, that. It's not just enough, oh yeah, you're very good, you gave him a meal, you gave him a great time, you gave him drinks, you gave him everything like that. No, 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 even more than that. What's even more than that? Help, walk him out the door. Let me show you. Let me walk with you a little bit. Give him that right respect and honor that they deserve. Give him that right respect. In that situation, this is exactly what I would say in this, in this uh, concept, that you, to, honoring the person, showing honor, even the person's dead. Nobody has to bury him. Ah, you're going to be Tamehmet. Doesn't make a difference. Go ahead. Go bury the guy. Go bury him. Dignity. That's, but, that, that's what I believe the answer is towards that. But, there's one thing. Honor is also very dangerous. Because honor could get, get to your head. And I'm sure you know stories, and I'm sure there's that. Honor could get to a person's head. And we had that by Yerobam ben Evat. Yeruvam ben Evat, it was brought down that he was king, and he was king of many, many people, the Ten Shavatim, and the, in, in the Davidic dynasty, by the Davidic dynasty, those were the only people, the only, the only kings, they were able to sit in the Bet HaMikdash, on the, on the Kiseh of the kingship. So Yeruvam was worried. 
What was he worried about? Oh my goodness. If they all go to, uh, to the Beit HaMikdash, they're going to see that I'm not sitting on the throne. Who's sitting on the throne? The other, um, the other king. So when they come back from the Beit HaMikdash, they're not going to respect me as king. So what did he do? He said, you know what? Everybody, he got his guards ready. All of you, make sure anybody comes to Beit HaMikdash, send them back. Send them back. Oh, they want to do Qurban? Let them do it over there. Let them build a Mizbech over there. They're not allowed to do that. They're doing Beit HaMikdash. Does it make a difference? Let that happen. If not, you, you t- make sure you tell them they're going to get killed. So now it comes three times a year. Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Everybody has to go to Yerushalayim. What is everybody doing now? Oh, they're going. Where are you going? Oh, we're going. Uh, no, sorry, go there. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's, it's a scary thing. But his honor got him so much that he was willing to break that law. And guess what happened? Later on in life, Hashem comes to him and tells him that, by the way, you should just know, if you make tshuva, me and, me and you and David are going to walk in together and together. What would be your reaction? Of course. What was his reaction? Who's going to walk in first? He's going to walk in first? I'm not interested. Shem says, he's going to walk in first? I'm not interested. Kavod is so strong that it could knock you off your sockets. It's a really true thing. A guy, his good friend, didn't invite him, let's say, for example, to his, um, um, his we- oh, not, I would say wedding, of course, invite him to wedding. Let's say, for example, somebody had a baby boy and uh, he didn't tell him, I'll oh, come to my bris. Uh, it was a mishap. And he's a good friend. You know he's a good friend. He's a very good friend of you. Then you don't go. One of the reasons in your mind is thinking, you know, I'm not going? It's because he never sent me uh, uh, like a, uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a, come, come by, come by. Oh, that's why I'm not going. Meanwhile, he calls you, well, how come you weren't there? He says, uh, I didn't get invited. No, what do you mean, my boy? You need an invitation? It was a mishap by accident. I didn't. But deep down, he's saying, I'm not going to go because what? He didn't invite me properly. I'm not going to go. That, that's already a wrong, wrong thing in, in your mind. And I'm sure you, you, it never happened. It never happened to you in your life where, where, you, where your mother says, or oh, calls you up. Oh, by the way, did so-and-so invite you to the wedding? Oh, you didn't invite you? I'm very upset. Why are you very upset? Oh, because uh, I'm very friendly. They shouldn't invite you. You, you, ever, you ever hear though, that talk? It's why it's, it's the ego. It's the dignity. It's that. It's very important. But in your end, when you receive it, we always try to run away from the honor in the sense where, because we don't want it to get to our head also. You get the head, it could ruin the wrong decisions in your life. Right? But at the same time, when you're giving honor, you have to give the most honor that you can to your friend. And this is what the Torah over here is teaching us. Look, Kohen Gadol, he can't be Tameh, he can't bury anybody. But the dignity of a Met Mitzvah, where nobody else is going to bury him. He's allowed to be Tamir, and he's allowed to, 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 to bury him. He's allowed to go ahead. Why? His dignity. The human being's dignity. How a person has to understand that everybody's a Tzalem and Okim, and you always got to respect one another. I had a rabbi once. His name is Rabbi Ram. It was why a long time ago. How I'll never forget, we were sitting down, and I was 17. And every time somebody got Aliyah to the Torah, he was sitting in the front. Sometimes, you know, usually you're supposed to go to the rabbi, uh, rabbi, uh, you know, like, or something like that. But uh, we were kids, young guys. We just go to our seat. We didn't know better. All of a sudden, 
he would physically come and he would go all the way till the end of the room and say Chazak Baruch. He says, I'm like, what's going on over here? He's going, hey, come on, Rabbi, you're the Rabbi. No, no, no. Every single person to show that right respect. And by the way, what does it say? Who's the one that's well respected? The one who respects others. That's the truth. That's the truth. Who's the one that's well respected? The one who respects others. Everybody has a good name for that guy. And, it's, and, it, and it, by the way, it doesn't cost anything. Or you just say, hello, shalom, how you doing? How's everything? Just put a smile on your face. Somebody told me, no, Rabbi, but it's hard for people to smile. Why is it so hard? It's hard for people to smile. I never heard that ever in my life, by the way. Somebody told me that this week. No, but I was telling him, no, you got to smile, you got to this, that. Right? Some people, it's hard to smile. I like, no, I've never, I never, I never heard that. You ever hear that or something? I know. You ever hear that? Is it hard for people to smile? Could you smile? Let me see. <laughs> Here you go. Good smile right there. I'm saying, is it hard for people to smile? I've never heard that in my life. I've never heard that in my life. Anybody else ever hear it? I never heard of it. This is easy. It's harder to frown. It's harder to frown, exactly. It's harder to frown. It's harder hard to look like a dumbbell, you know. But it's easy to smile. It's very easy to smile. So at the end of the day, there was one rabbi one time, he would look in the mirror, actually, and, and he was like, going like this, like that. He's like, Rabbi, what are you doing? You know, like, he's like, he's like, he does like this. He says, my face is not for me. My face is for the public. So what do you mean? He says, when do you ever see your face? Tell me, when do you ever see your face? You never see a face. The only one time you see a face is in a mirror. After that, you don't see how you look like. You know how you look like because you saw the mirror. Imagine there was no mirror existed. Imagine there was no glare. You'll never ever know how you look. Imagine back in the day they didn't have a mirror. No, they had mirrors way back then. That was the copper. But imagine they didn't have any mirror that existed. You will never ever know how you look. Ever. Ever. So why? Because your face is really for the public domain. So if it's public domain, you have no right to go ahead and, uh, and, and frown and look like a depressed guy and this, because everybody feels it, by the way. When you're like, mm, like, a, like a zombie, everybody feels it. No matter who you are, they feel it. Oh, this guy's, this guy's in a bad mood today. Okay, don't talk to me. I won't talk to him. I'll see you later. It says, because what your face is, it's without a beam. So in, honor, in order to honor people, the whole, the whole of Yaakiva, right? Of course, Lona you have to understand what that means. What does it mean, Lona you think You really think they never gave Kavod? Of course they gave. Maybe in the level that they were supposed to, the highest level, okay? Now they were missing in that, so therefore, Sadiqim, highest level, Sadiqim, get, 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 get punished like that. But at the end of the day, you have to understand, Kavod is a real thing. It's a real thing in the sense where we, we, we don't, we try to, you know, we try to make sure that we, Run away from the ego and things like that, from the, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. But at the end of the day, to honor everybody else, you should. But I, I must add, I must add, Kavod sometimes is very good in order for your growth. Let me give you an example. They came to Rabbi the Miller once, and they asked him, I want to be the greatest rabbi, I want to be the greatest tzaddik, I want to be Gadol Adod. Tell me. How should I do it? You know what he said? He said, learn for honor. This is, this is what he said. Learn for honor. He said, what do you mean learn for honor? Ah, they tell you keep on running away for honor, ah, for honor, for honor. He says, you're not understanding. It'll give you just a boost to, 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 to do it. There was one rabbi that he had all rabbis on his, on his, on his uh, what's it called? His picture, all rabbis. And in the middle, he had a picture of an uh, empty spot and it said, why not me? You got that? It said, why not me? 
the pictures, and then why not me? He wanted to be on that picture. So he says, how'd they do it? They worked very hard. It gave him motivation to work, because one day he'll be, imagine everybody has your picture in, in the dining room table. And you know how they have the rabbi picture? Imagine they have your picture right now. They put, oh, fear, we're going to do it right there, boom, we have your picture. <laughs> every dining room table in the world, that look at how many you said. Does every dining room table have this picture? Everybody has a dining room table. They have your picture right now. Everybody sees your picture, boom. Oh, you know, you go, oh, blessings to everybody. Yeah? Is that cool? Tell me, is not awesome? Yes or no? But what gave him that motivation? What's the motivation? You need a motivation. So therefore, it'll help you. It'll help you. From lo l'shem shamayim, it'll be l'shem shamayim. You need a booster, booster, booster. Eventually, you'll, you'll taste the sweetness of the Torah. How good it is. It'll all be l'shem shamayim. You're like, wow, forget everything. I just want to learn Torah. And I'm trying to say, so today we're learning a whole lesson about honor. You got to know how to apply. You got to know when to do it. You got to know when to do this, this, this. All these things, even even basketball players. What do you think? How do they become the best basketball players? Because honor. So some people, they're financially stable. They have the money. Well, what are they being the best? They have a million. No, no, no. They want to be the best of the best of the best of the best. It's just the honor. It's the ego. But that is a motivation for a human being. If that's a motivation for a human being, so use that motivation to pivot. Use that motivation to pivot. That's what he was trying to say. Use that motivation to, to, to grow high and high. Yeah, I want to be. Yes, I want my picture to be everywhere. I'm just giving an example to that. Yeah, why not? So be the gadol, man. At the end of the day, of course, eventually it's going to be the Shem Shemaim. Eventually it's going to get to that level. Stop it here. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.